much a part of our family as we worship the Lord together this morning. Uh, one of the things we like to do is have a moment of greeting, so let me invite you to stand up and turn around and shake the hands of the people around you and greet each other in, in the name of the Lord. Find somebody you don't know and introduce yourself this morning. Thank you so much. It is so wonderful to uh, share a moment of fellowship with one another. A few announcements I'd like to call to your attention this morning. Uh, first of all, let me remind you of our attendance sheets that are on, the, on each row. We'd like to ask, if you would, to take that and to fill it out so we can have a record of your attendance with us. And I know that sometimes it's a little tedious to fill out everything week after week, but it's very important that, that everybody do that, fill it out completely every week. So if you would... Just take the time to do that. We would certainly appreciate it. Uh, there's also an insert in your bulletin that's been in there a couple of weeks, uh, and that is an, ins- uh, an interest survey for our nominating committee. Our nominating committee will be up and, and uh, working very hard, very quickly. And, um, and I know that some of you may be thinking, well, if I don't fill out one of these things, uh, maybe they won't ask me to do something. That's not the way it works. Uh, so if you if you want if you have an interest in serving in a particular area, you may want to fill it out here so that we can uh, be sure to, to get you in the area of your interest. Otherwise, we may be asking you to do something that you really don't want to do. Uh, so uh, if you could do that, we would certainly appreciate that. And, and today is a good day to do it. Just fill it out, uh, drop it in the offering plate or bring it by the office after the uh, worship service. We'd appreciate it. Have a busy week coming up ahead of us. A lot of activities going on. Uh, we're having our, our joy lunch on Tuesday at noon, and this is uh, we're getting up things up and going again after the summer hiatus. Uh, haven't been meeting during the summer, so this is the first meeting uh, after the summertime, and so I hope everybody will come and, and be back for that. Uh, and I understand that. Meat will be provided uh, this time, so you just bring a, a dish of vegetables or, or whatever you may want to bring, a casserole or something, and, um, and bring a friend as well. We want to have as many people here as we possibly can, and uh, the program this time will be on our upward uh, basketball and cheerleading program and some other activities that we have going on here at the church that, that uh, some of our senior citizens might be able to involve themselves in. Uh, speaking of Upward, uh, we have a couple of Upward ac- activities uh, this week. On Monday, uh, there will be a coaches clinic and a referee um, uh, training on Monday evening. And on Tuesday is the cheer clinic, and, uh, and we hope that uh, anybody interested in that could be, can be here for that. Uh, if you're interested in volunteering, we still could use some, uh, some volunteers in these areas. On Wednesday, we have our business meeting here at the church, and on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, our consignment sale. And in between all of those, there are a number of meetings that you'll note in your, in your worship folder. If, you, uh, uh, if one of those meeting times apply to you, please be in the right place at the right time. Phew, boy, busy week, busy week. Uh, let me remind also that... Um, uh, our missions committee will have a very brief uh, five-minute meeting right after the worship service in my office. So there'll just just be a few minutes uh, for that. It is a busy time uh, for us here at Community Baptist Church, but we are busy for God's work, and that's always a good thing. How good it is to give thanks to the Lord, to sing in God's honor, to proclaim God's constant love and faithfulness to us. So let us worship the Lord with joy.
Let us pray together. O Lord, our God, you set before us choices of life and death, of blessings and curses. We choose the path that we walk, and and sometimes, sometimes, O God, we, we need you to rescue us from our sinful ways and place us back on the path of righteousness. Teach us, O God, to choose your way. Teach us to delight in you and to meditate upon your word and to love you more and more each day. In this hour of worship, we pray that you would place us beside your living waters and allow us to drink in the glory of your presence. That we may hold fast to you and live all of our days in righteousness. And in peace, we pray, O God, this day that you would take our lives and let them be consecrated for you, O God. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. your time up here. Miss Mary is going to share with you today. We had several of you, it looks like, for Bible study this morning. That was wonderful to see so many up here. That's probably one of the most important things we do all week. And glad to see a lot of you up here. And uh, if you need somebody to come help you up here, if you've never been up here before and not too sure about all being up here in front of folks, we'd be glad for you to bring a helper. Everybody doing okay? Sorry. Hello. All right. Is everybody doing okay? Happy Grandparents' Day. Did you know it was Grandparents' Day? Oh. Be sure, be sure and tell your grandparents Happy Grandparents' Day. Today we're going to talk about sticking together. Okay? What's that? Tell me something that sticks together. What? Glue and paper, absolutely, it sticks together. You can sit down, Jake. I'm going to read a couple things here. It's fun to stick together through good times and bad times. That is one purpose of a family. And not that we ever have any bad times, right? Um, to always be available and present, prevent, excuse me, and present to love and care for family members even when it's hard and it takes a lot of time. You guys ever think it's real hard to be part of a family? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. That is one of the key lessons in the book of Ruth. You guys, there's a story in the book of Ruth about Naomi and Ruth and their mother-in-law and daughter-in-law, but they stick together. No matter what happens, they stick together. Jerry, did you know that? They stick together all the time. I know. What other things stick together? Can you guys think of anything besides paper and glue? You said that. What else? Jake, what else? Family. 
magnets. Here's a magnet. Look. Jerry, what happens if I put this paper clip on this magnet? Whoop. It sticks together, right? And look at these. I stole these out of Jake's room. These are pretty cool. I know. These are magnets. They stick together. And this doesn't stick together, but I think it's pretty cool. Because if you put this in here, it sticks together. Okay? Now, it, it's just a little neck thing. I have to wear it sometimes at work, and I put my neck badge on it. So it sticks together. But you know what, you guys? The good thing is no matter what happens, no matter how bad your day is, you can always go home to your family because they'll always be there for you. But who is somebody else that is always there for you? Who? God. He's always there no matter what. No matter how bad you think your day has been, you can always go to God and talk to him. Okay? And that's what this page says. And it says, the good news is the Lord loves each of us, even when we do not always agree and stick together. And we had a really great Sunday school class and Herb's class today. We all stuck together and talked about things that hurt us a little bit, but we were all there and we stuck together. So just remember this week when you think you've had a really bad day and you go home and talk to your family and then you can talk to God because God's always there and he will stick with you no matter what. Want to say a prayer with me real quick? Okay, let's bow our heads. Father, take each of these children by their hands to let them know you will always stick with them. Show them always that their families are there and how much, let them know how much they appreciate their families. Be with each of us this week as we stick together to make it through another week. In your name we pray. Amen. And of course, children's moment wouldn't be the same if I didn't give you something to make your teeth stick together. You can sit down there and you can go laugh. So come on up and I'll give you something to make your teeth stick together this morning. Jake, I will hand it to you. We had some very good advice. She said you have to be patient, Jake. Thank you. Thank you for being patient. Oh, you're welcome. Good manners. Thank you very much for being patient. Big sister says say thank you. And there's Wyatt. You're always patient. Oops, my magnets are falling. We hope you noticed our announcement about two weeks from today. We're going to Swander with our kiddos. Uh, watch that announcement to say that's one that a lot of people don't do a lot is ice skating. And so it's sort of cool once they learn to do that, that you can go do a whole lot of things on ice skates that you can't do on roller skates. And a lot of them, a lot of the guys just sort of like to go take off running and do a slide like they're going into second and slide all the way half across the ice. And they figure out that's cool, too. But anyway, read about that. We'll talk about that more next week. Also want to mention uh, some concerts coming up in Evansville. Uh, you notice on our board and you notice in the paper talking about Stephen Curtis Chapman going to be there on the 22nd. Uh, I've seen that. I've seen Stephen in, in uh, concert three or four times, and then on in uh, October, Switchfoot. Now, if you're a little bit more into real contemporary music, Switchfoot and Reliant K are where it's at. Uh, a little bit more in your face, rock and roll kind of stuff, and you'd like that, then that'll be then. Also, a little bit more laid back is Chris Tomlin, and who will be in there in, in uh, November. So you got a lot of choices. Some of you may want to get some groups. And these are not like so many of these concerts around here that are priced in the 20s and 30 buck range, which to me are like, forget that. Uh, they do have balcony seats for Stephen Curtis Chapman that are 15 bucks. So uh, some of you can deal with that a whole lot better. And that would be great. Our favorite hymn is one that I don't pick. Now, generally the whole worship service, except for the sermon and things that relate to that, are sort of my my doings, and I'm sort of it. Those are in my umbrella as minister of music. But when somebody has a favorite hymn they pick out, it's their baby, and they do that. And this is one of those that somebody wanted us to do. And so we're going to do the first and third verse. We always do two verses of those, unless it's one of those uh, hymns that just has two lines in it. So we're going to do that first and third verse of Trust and Obey. We'll let you remain seated as we sing that.
Stephen Cruz Chapman singing that. Now it's our turn. You've had an introduction to that. We want you to stand with us as we do that. Just that chorus, not all that you heard just then, but that chorus. And then going to go into that. Change my heart. Oh, God, make it ever true. But first, we will abandon it all as we stand. And sing that.
Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, we are indeed grateful for the day that you've given us and the rain that you sent. And Father, I just pray that we encourage one another, that we lift each other up, that we share our burdens with each other. And Father, we thank you for the word that you give us, the strength, the wisdom that you give us to be your children. And Father, we pray for each concern upon our hearts and minds this morning, those that are in the hospitals, those that are at home, and those that have lost loved ones. Father, we pray for the world condition and other countries. Pray that you touch and you heal those nations. Heal us, Lord. Draw us closer to you. We thank you for your love. And as a token of our appreciation, we give back just a little. We ask that you bless these tithes and offerings for the building of your kingdom. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.
scripture reading for today comes from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 14, beginning with verse 27. Whoever does not carry the cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. For which of you, intending to build a tower, does not first sit down and estimate the cost to see whether you have enough to complete it? Otherwise, when you have laid a foundation... And are not able to finish, all who see it will begin to ridicule ridicule you, saying, This person began to build and was not able to finish. Or what king, going out to wage war against another king, will not sit down first and consider whether he is able with 10,000 to oppose the one who comes against him with 20,000? If he cannot, then while the other is still far away, He sends a delegation and asks for the terms of peace. So therefore, none of you can become my disciple if you do not give up all of your possessions. This is the word of God for you and me. Suppose you were on a nonstop flight to the Orient and you heard this announcement. Ladies and gentlemen, this is your captain speaking. We're traveling west across the Pacific Ocean. In a few hours, you will be able to look down and see land. When that happens, we're going to start looking for a big city with an airport. If one, if we find one before our fuel runs out, then we will land. Then we will figure out where we are and decide where we want to go from there. In the meantime, folks, just sit back and relax. Enjoy your trip. Now, let me ask you something. If you heard an announcement like that, do you think you would have a relaxed flight from that point on? I kind of doubt it. Don't you think that it would have been better if someone had planned ahead of time and put the right coordinates into the computer and actually aimed for the city of their destination? Would not that have been a better idea? It has been said that the average American spends more time planning their vacation than they do planning their lives. And that's true. But for Jesus, Jesus was one who believed that we should have a plan for our lives. In fact, on one occasion, he told his disciples, suppose one of you who wants to build a tower, will will you not first sit down and estimate the cost to see if you have enough money to complete it? Otherwise, when you've laid the foundation and are not able to finish, everyone who sees it will ridicule you. Or suppose a king is about to go to war against another king. Will he not first sit down and and consider whether he is able with 10,000 soldiers To oppose the one coming against him with 20,000. If he's not able, he will send out a a delegation while the other is still far away and 
discuss terms of peace. Folks, what Jesus is asking us to do here is to reflect on our lives and not simply react to our lives. There was a tragic story that came out of Portland, Oregon a few years ago. It seems that Diane, a 56-year-old bus driver with many years of experience, pulled into the Sunset Transit Center shortly before noon. She was running about six minutes late, but she was eager to use the restroom. And so after waiting impatiently for her passengers to disembark, Diane hurried off of the bus, leaving the engine in gear and running and no parking brake engaged. Then she walked around to the front of the bus and reached in through the driver's window to pull the lever that closed the door. Well, the bus was equipped with an automatic brake that keeps the, keeps it from moving as long as the doors are open. But once the doors are shut, the brakes are disengaged after a one and a half second delay. And so as Diane passed in front of the of the bus again, she suddenly found herself with this 15 ton bus slowly creeping towards her. Now, she could have jumped out of the way. As a matter of fact, it was going so slowly, she could have ambled out of the way. But instead, witnesses watched her as she began to push against this bus with her arms outstretched in an effort to stop it. Well, folks, the mass of a bus is more than 200 times the mass of an adult woman. So you do the math. The bus did indeed stop eventually due to circumstances other than Diane's efforts. And the paramedics arrived within within minutes to find Diane dead beneath the bus. An investigation blamed the accident on operator error. Now, Diane, if Diane had stopped to think about it, she would have known that She couldn't stop a 15-ton bus with her own strength. It just can't be done. But the problem was that she didn't think. She simply reacted to the situation. And this is the difference between reflecting and reacting. And there are a lot of people who live their entire lives simply reacting and not reflecting. They do not plan their lives. They do not reflect on their purposes and the means that they are taking to achieve their purpose. They simply react to events as they unfold, living on the edge, they might call it. But for some of them, it is the edge of disaster. My friends, the old adage is true. Failing to plan is planning to fail. And it's true whether we're talking about starting a business or finishing a life. Failing to plan is planning to fail. And there are a couple of reasons why a lot of people refuse to plan and simply react. For one thing, a lot of people have a feeling of helplessness. Why plan? What's the use? You may have heard that cry of despair that goes like this. If you want to make God laugh... Show God your calendar. (laughs) In other words, you've made your plans. You've worked everything out. You've got your schedule in place. And then whack, out of the blue, something happens. A crisis that throws everything out of whack. Maybe your health begins to deteriorate. Something happens. You're, you lose your job, a divorce, or a problem with one of your kids. And, and all of your well-laid plans are knocked askew. And it happens to all of us, to some degree or another. It's kind of like the story of the, the two explorers who were on a, an African safari. And suddenly a ferocious lion jumped in front of them, right in their path. And so the first explorer whispered to the other one, keep calm. Remember what we read in that book on wild animals? If you stand perfectly still and look the lion in the eye, he will turn and run. And his companion replied, sure, you read the book. 
And I read the book, but did the lion read the book? (laughs) Well, that's how it is with some of us. That's how some of us may feel after or or about long-term planning. I mean, why make plans that you probably won't even be able to see through to it to the end? And, And it's true that life does have a way of knocking us off course. Things happen that that we don't expect, that we hadn't planned for. And that's why a part of our planning process and a part of our preparation is taking into consideration the surprises that life gives to us. Because they are sure to come to all of us. But that's one reason that some people hesitate to plan ahead, because the unexpected often hinders our plans. A second reason that many of us plan, uh, fail to plan is that we simply don't want to change. And some folks may say, well, preacher, you've quit preaching and gone to meddling now. But that's true. Some people just don't want to change because, folks, if we plan for such things as financial security or marital happiness or good health or a meaningful legacy to our community, then we just might have to change some things that we're doing right now. And most of us simply don't like to change. I heard about one fellow back in the days when radio was the dominant medium. He bought a radio. He tuned it in to WSM in Nashville, Nashville, Tennessee, which is the home of the Grand Old Opry. And then he pulled the knobs off the radio. He knew what he liked. As far as he was concerned, nothing was going to come along that he would like any better. So he just pulled the knobs off the radio so that the radio could not be changed. Folks, let me tell you something. If if that is your attitude, then you don't want to hear these words of Jesus about sitting down before you build a tower and before you engage an enemy. Because planning for the future implies changes in how we live in the present. I trust that few of us are that foolish because I think that most of us would like to make our lives count for something. We'd like to fulfill our dreams. We'd like to believe that our best days lie ahead of us. And so where do we begin? Well, let me suggest that we begin with the end in mind. That's what Stephen Covey told us to do in a book he wrote several years ago called The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Begin with the end in mind. When we get to the end of our lives, will we do do so with a lot of regrets? What will our our friends say about us? What will our families say about us? Will we have the resources that we need to to meet the challenges of our final days? Not only our financial resources, but emotional resources and relational resources and spiritual resources. There's a little book called Life Focus by Jerry Foster that introduces us to a concept that I, I hope you'll take very seriously. It's called Life Wealth. Life Wealth refers to each of the important areas of our lives. Our finances, our health, our relationships, and our spiritual life. He says these are all our assets. These are our assets, and all four of them are necessary for our well-being. So how do you want your life to end, Jerry asks. With your final breath, do you want to utter what a satisfying, fulfilling, and meaningful life I've lived? Do you desire your relationship with your spouse and your children to grow closer and stronger right to the very end? Do you want to leave a rich legacy of material and non-material blessings to your heirs? Do you hope that your friends and co-workers who attend your memorial service are filled with gratitude for your contribution to their lives? If you answer in the positive to each of these questions, then you need a plan. 
You need a plan for bringing these things into fruition. And Foster suggests a very simple and practical plan, which he calls the vector principle. Now, some of you may know about vectors. Some of you math whizzes in particular may know about vectors. You may be familiar with the concept of vectors. But for those of us who are not so adept in geometry, perhaps a, a practical application will help us to understand. Let's suppose that we're on an airplane. Notice this one's not headed towards Asia as the other one was, but this one's headed towards Europe. We're on the other side of the coast this time. You're on an airplane. We're headed towards Europe. We're flying towards Europe. But somehow, right at the beginning of the flight, we're knocked off course just a few degrees. Not very far. Just a few degrees. However, as we keep flying, that little discrepancy in our direction is amplified over time and over distance And so we don't arrive in Europe at all. We end up in North Africa. Just a few degrees at our point of origin can produce a huge difference in our final destination. And that, in essence, is the vector principle. And here's how it goes. Small changes at one point in our lives can produce major life-effective changes And results later on in life. For example, let's suppose a person decides at the age of 35 to jog two miles a day and she keeps it up day after day. Can you see how that small change in this person's lifestyle can make major have major ramifications in her health 35 years down the road? And a small change but major consequences. Same thing might be said for taking up walking two miles a day at the age of 60. Can you see that putting $100 every month into a mutual fund when you're 35 years old can produce significant income when you're ready to retire? A small change, but the rewards can be significant down the road. What might happen today if you begin finding a way to pay more attention to your spouse or to your children or to a friend Every day. Might it not strengthen your relationship in such a way that you'll be able to count on each other's love and loyalty right up until the very end of life? And then there's our relationship with God. What would it mean for your spiritual life if you began to spend a little time every day in God's presence? Listening for God's guidance and how you would how you should lead your life, committing yourself every day unconditionally to walking in the way that God would have you to walk. The vector principle. Small, doable changes at one point in your life which produces a major life-affecting result later on in your life. As someone has noted, the mighty Mississippi River begins as a bubbling little spring somewhere in Minnesota. Folks, you don't have to have a a blinding Damascus Road type of experience to make your life more pleasing to God and more satisfying to yourself and to those whom you love. In fact, sometimes all it takes is a very small change in your daily routine. And so let me challenge you this day. To begin making some small deposits in your life wealth account. Take each of these four areas of your life, your finances, your health, your relationships, especially your relationship with your spouses, with your spouse and your children and your relationship with God and with your, your relationship with your friends and fellow church members. What's one small thing that you can do to improve each of these areas of your life? And folks, this is not a frivolous thing here. This could be the most important day of your life if you would make just a few small changes that would change your final life destination. Just a few small degrees. 
Stephen Reeves tells a story about a woman who underwent a very delicate form of brain surgery. In removing the tumor, the doctors were concerned that the slightest little miscue could cause her either the loss of her memory or the loss of her eyesight. And so they asked the woman to choose which side of her brain they would enter with their scalpels. In other words, they were asking her if she had to lose one of those senses, which would she prefer to lose? Well, she wisely said, let me think about it overnight and I'll, I'll tell you in the morning. And so the next day she told her, her doctors, if I had to lose either my memory or my sight, I would prefer to lose my memory. And when asked about how she arrived at her decision, she calmly replied, I'd rather see where I'm going than remember where I've been. In a similar way, it seems that Jesus wants you and me to see where we're going. To make the changes that are required to get there. For that's God's will for our lives. Suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Will you not first sit down and estimate the cost and see if you have enough money to complete it? For if you lay the foundation and are are not able to finish it, everyone who sees it will ridicule you, saying this person began to build and was not able to finish. Suppose a king is about to go to war against another king. Will he not first sit down and consider whether he is able with 10,000 soldiers to oppose the one coming against him with 20,000? If he is not able... He will send a delegation while the other is still far away and ask for terms of peace. Jesus was warning his followers to carefully consider the cost of discipleship here. But his words also carry a very practical message about living day to day in our lives. So let me challenge you today to think about your life. Where are you headed? What will it take for you to get there? What will it take to get where you want to be and where God wants you to be? Start today making those small, incremental changes that are necessary to take you to where you want to go. So that when you get there, you will find fulfillment and happiness, and joy. And indeed, you will find God. Amen. We're going to sing a hymn of commitment. Number 275, I Surrender All. And that is indeed what Christ has called us to do is to surrender all of our lives to the work of God, to surrender all of our lives to the Spirit of God to give us direction, to give us life, to encourage us to move in the direction of God's kingdom. We have a plan. God has a plan for us. We are a part of God's plan. Perhaps there's someone here today who needs to make a commitment to God, to Jesus Christ, to the direction that has been laid out for us. Maybe you've never made that commitment. We invite you to do that today. Perhaps you're looking for a church home to be a part of, a place where you can be loved and uplifted and encouraged along the way. We invite you to come and unite with our our congregation as we sing together. I surrender all. Would you come?
Like trees planted beside a stream whose leaves do not wither, may God make us all fruitful in God's kingdom. May God strengthen us all as we choose what is right and turn away from what is wrong. May God bless us and give us peace. In Christ's name, Amen. Thank you.